just um, am I on? Yeah, no, no, yeah. Okay. Um, always trust that when I'm preparing a sermon series, that God prepares me for the right sermon at the right time. And um, <laughs> when I read this, I, uh, how am I going to make this work, Lord? How, how, does, how does this even fit? What possessed the writer of this book to even add this piece to the story? Right? It doesn't make any sense. Look at it. We heard from Kerry last week. You know, God was, was trying to do everything he could to get Moses to go to Egypt. Now he's trying to kill him. Makes no sense. What's he on about? Why is this even here? I mean, you could read all sorts of commentaries and, and every commentary will give you a different reason behind what this is all about because, you know, we always want answers to our questions, right? We, we can't sit with the question. We need the answer. And, and theologians are great at trying to come up with some way of explaining this passage. But, I mean, think about it. It's, 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 it's sitting in the middle of this story. I, I, I watched The Prince of Egypt. I didn't see this in the movie. Did anyone see it in the movie? It's, it's you know, what, what Zipporah does here is amazing. She's, you've got to understand, she's not a Hebrew. She, how does she even know about circumcision? And, and get this, guys. Her sons aren't boys. They're adults. Okay? He'd already been 40 years in the desert. He met his wife at the beginning of it all. These are not little boys. They're adults. If my mum came into a room with a flint knife, I love you, Dad. I really do. And here it's really interesting. We, we Christians are so prudish at times that we have to manipulate words in there. All the Hebrews were the same, right? Because the word feet is a euphemism for... Uh, your private parts in fact the message version if you want to go read it says rather than touched Moses' feet it says touched Moses' member how did she even know to do that how did she even know any of that and why why God why are you doing this what's the point you're the one he was happy in the desert he was doing his own thing you're the one that called him you gave him the staff and you gave him all this stuff go why this it's something we struggle with not just as humans but as Christians that we need to answer the why and sometimes there is no answer there is no answer this was taken last Sunday where Bronnie was holding her first grandchild Sunday if you put me back that a week from today she 
I wouldn't have believed you. I wouldn't have believed you. Last night, when she passed, a young woman turned and looked at me straight in the eyes and said, she just looked at me and I could see the grief, I could see the anger, and she said, Rob, this is bullshit. This is rubbish. If God's in control, how can he let this happen? How can he let this happen? And for a guy who's always got an answer, always quick to respond, I was gone. I had nothing. And I stood there and I couldn't respond. I've got nothing. I don't know why. I don't know why. Thousands of sermons and I still can't answer. Why? I've got 25,000 different versions of the Bible. I I can't answer why. I, I can't. Kenneth Bowen wrote a book called Faith Has Its Reasons. <laughs> Why defend the Christian faith is a stub title. There is no defending this. There, there is no defending this. one thing that we need to embrace is that there is a mystery in our faith journey. There is a mystery in how God works. We we don't know. Nick Cave, when his son tragically died at the age of 15, Nick Cave's an Aussie musician. Um, His first song that he wrote after the tragedy lyrics were so poignant he he wrote you're an african doctor harvesting tear ducts you believe in god but you get no special dispensation for this belief now you're an old man sitting by a fire and you hear the mist rolling off the sea you're a distant man in the mind of your creator don't you see and then as the chorus belts out he sings this with my voice i am calling to you with my voice i am calling to you and he titled the song Jesus. He titled it Jesus. Because his argument was, who else do I turn to? Who else can I turn to? Who else do we turn to? Our faith journey is steeped in mystery. We, We can't answer apologetics can't give you the answers it won't give you the answers god is god we are not god we don't know we don't know when challenged by the media nick cave oh you've turned christian now what's going on do you believe god exists and he he responded by saying this he goes does god exist i don't have any evidence but i'm not sure that is the right question for me the question is what it means to believe the thing is, against all the judgment, I find it impossible not to believe. And when I stood gobsmacked last night, nothing coming out, 
my heart just cried for Jesus and said, Lord, where are you? Our faith journey is steeped in mystery. We need to embrace the mystery. We don't need to give answers. We just need to embrace and live with the questions. There is all hope. All our hope is in Jesus. All our hope is with him. But there's an interesting part to this story that I found that, you know, I've preached on this before. And the last time I preached on this passage, someone was happy to sit up in this congregation and share with us all that they were circumcised. Yeah, it really did happen. Yeah, and it's funny. It was embarrassing at the time. Of course, how do you respond to that in a sermon when you start and someone stands up, I've been circumcised. Well, cool, anyone else want to share? But this is not the same sermon. As I sat last night thinking, what am I going to say to you guys today? I found something that I hadn't seen before. That our faith journey is not only steeped in mystery, but it's one that we're not supposed to travel alone. You know, all of a sudden, Zipporah's in the picture. Where'd she come from? When, she, when, when Moses asked for help, Mo, when Moses, sorry, asked for help, he got Aaron. But there was Zipporah. Did something completely out of the blue. Who was there to save Moses? A heathen woman. Doing something incredibly holy spent a week in hospital the dreariest place but I got to know a bunch of people that I am missing today I see a couple of them and little things you learn like how they don't like uh, cream cheese or chives early in the morning how many flat whites need to be ordered? Who snores the most? And boy, to have a faith journey with people around you is powerful. Our faith journey, yeah, it's steeped in mystery. We won't answer, be able to answer the questions but we're not supposed to be doing this alone. And regardless of what the world may tell me, that the church is going down, that people aren't attending, I'm going to tell you they need fellowship. They need the church. We need the church. I spent a whole week with the church in a crappy little room. In a hospital that felt sterile, I felt the love of the church right there and then. And seeing Zipporah going with her husband, <laughs> people think that's oh, just a bad. If it weren't for her, he wouldn't be in Egypt. If it weren't for her, there'd be no Red Sea crossing. It's important that we do this together, that we do not do this alone.
and little things, <laughs> crazy things, things that we can't even conceive, think, answer, whatever it is, we find a new family around us. And the last point is not the easiest. This is the hardest point. Our faith journey will cost us everything. When I think as to why God decided to become all murderous on Moses, it made me think. The symbol of our belief, the thing that we stand under, is death. That's what the cross stands for. It's a cruel implement of execution. And it is our symbol. It's a symbol that Christ chose. And when he called us, he said, lay everything down. Give yourself up and pick up your cross. We are called to give everything this it will cost us everything to follow Jesus uh, a few years ago I was at a bedside in a hospital in Wollongong where my first pastor that I worked under my mentor and helped Monica and I both he and his wife through many difficult times he lay dying in bed. He had gotten a prognosis just three days beforehand that he had lung cancer, and he didn't know how he got it. We'd gone through a church plant just in a place called Dapto, and it was a rough ride. It was a wonderful ride, but a rough one. And he sat there, and he looked at me, and he said, Rob, remember all the troubles we had? I was like, oh, yeah, I remember all the troubles. Yeah, remember that, that song? These are the days of Elijah and, and how you refuse to play that anymore. I'm like, yeah, I remember that song. Thank you for reminding me of that, Rob. And he's like, you know, all of that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He goes, don't matter anymore. It doesn't matter anymore because I'm going to see Jesus. And he was sad. He was sad to leave his wife, his kids, his grandkids. But his hope was being fulfilled. You know, like Nick Cave says, I can't help but believe. There must be more. There is more. His name is Jesus. And we have other friends who are suffering right now as we speak. Other friends who are struggling with health, with life, with depression, with anxiety, with loneliness. struggling with even what we might think are the mundane things in life. We're not supposed to do this alone. We're not supposed to do this alone. Bronnie was incredible. The reason why I'm still standing here is thanks to her. 
first time ever in my life I walked out on an elders meeting vowing never to come back again. That was only my first year into this place. She chased me down. She was four foot nothing, even with heels on. And she looked at me like I was looking me straight in the eye. This is what you signed up for, Rob. Don't back down now. Get over yourself. You can do this. God bless her. God bless us. I want to leave you on a positive note, but I'm struggling. The positive is what you see around you now. That in light of all this, who cares what songs we sing on a Sunday, hey? In light of this, who cares how we bloody well dress? Huh? We have hope in Jesus Christ. Brom believed that with all her heart. And she's with him now. And we believe it, right? We believe it. It hurts. Bloody hell, it hurts. Sorry, I'm using real bad language for a pastor on a Sunday, aren't I? It's okay, Paul swore in the Bible. I've already preached on that one before. But it's okay to hurt. Ask the music team to come. Allow the mystery of our journey. You don't need to answer everything. We don't, and in fact, you don't need to answer everything. Live with the questions. Know that you are deeply loved by God and regardless of how confusing it will be and is, if we were God, we'd know what was going on right now. That's why we're not God. Know that this journey, you're not supposed to travel it alone and yeah, it will cost us everything. But we do this together, right? Amen. And just before the music group leads us in our last song we'd like to lead you in prayer for the staff and particularly for Rob and for Kathy it's been a rough week as Rob has said Rob you're going to have a difficult week ahead you're going to feel washed out you're going to feel disappointed you're going to come under spiritual attack and we want to pray for you we know that some of the eldership are in families like the Bennetts and the Forsters who've been particularly close and who may not be here but we'd just like to pray briefly before the last song so let's surround Rob and lead, lead in prayer. Thank you, Father God. We thank you for our pastor. He's reminded us that it's a journey not to be traveled alone, and we have his back. Lord, we're with him, and we know the whole congregation is with him. And we pray, Lord, that you will, uh, you will give him, um, allow him to mourn, allow him to rest, allow him to be refreshed, and above all, protect him from any spiritual attack that he may undergo at this time. In the precious name of Jesus and by his powerful Holy Spirit, we pray this, a covering over him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, Father God, I just want to also pray for our church. I pray for the Bennetts. I pray for the Pode family. I pray for the Forsters. This is not the first time they've gone through this, Lord. I pray a special blessing upon them, Lord. Cover them, Father, and I pray for this week for Stefan and for Amy. As your people, Lord, we lift our prayers to you, Father. It's going to be a tough week. And as our voices to you, Lord, 
I know the staff. I know Kathy's been there all week and Andy and, and Wendy and Brent and the whole team. Be with us, Lord, we pray. Mm. In Jesus' name.